Hello, and welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast, and I'm Nico, your host. As always, thank you for being here. I I appreciate it more than I can express without losing a sense of authenticity. Because when I see comments, when I see people engaging, um, negative or positive, it does warm me. And this kind of validation is truly enough for me to keep going and keep sharing. So thank you so much for being here. So recently I've been inspired to uh, dive into my family history more so, particularly like my family tree. Like I didn't know my great-grandparents' names um, until like last week. I knew a few of them. I, I was really, really fortunate. Um, I had a great-grandfather – Alberto um, Molinaro, uh, Italian, mm, yeah, a bit Italian, and uh, a quick tangent, is there, can you name any, this is a challenge, if you can, if you choose to accept, please do so, I'll see you in the comments, can anyone name Italian wildlife. Is there such a thing as animals that live in Italy? I couldn't think, I can't think of one mental image of what Italian wildlife would be. A pigeon? Pigeons. Pigeons. I think, I think that's it. I'm not sure they have I'm not sure they even have squirrels. I think the squirrels said fuck it. Calamari? Frutte de mare? Are these, are these, is this the wildlife of Italy? Or is there just no such thing? Is it just, is it just people in old buildings? Olive trees. Besides olive trees? And different, different assortments of pressed oils. I, I challenge anyone to name one animal that's native to Italy. Particularly a land animal. I don't. I, I really am not interested in hearing uh, the Mediterranean starfish uh, or salmon pescatore. And I'll literally wait. There, there won't be any... There won't be anyone. There's no Italian wildlife. There's no such thing. That's the conclusion I've 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 come to. So I my great grandpa Molnaro. Um I got to live with him. He he was alive for like the first eight, seven, eight years, maybe less. Seven, eight years of my life. And uh and he was fuck, he was just the my memories, my memories of him are just so good. They're they're like my first memories. Like he had a stroke, um, and he had to move in with my grandmother, his his daughter. And I would go over to my grandmother's house often to be watched, and um, he would give me a sword and just let me beat the shit out of him with a sword, like a four or five year old just. And my grandma would come down, stop hitting him, crap, stop hitting, stop hitting him. And he'd go, quiet, let the boy, let the boy hit me. Let the boy be tough. It was always about the boy. So I had an older sister and I have a cousin, a female cousin who's my age named Brienne. And um, the classic story of how he favored me and didn't hide. There was no hiding his favoritism. Uh, for me as his as his great grandson and one one particular christmas he made my grandma his daughter he made her go out and and buy me an entire power rangers megazord which was composed of five individual pieces a power rangers gun that turned into a sword um like a wagon full of toys. 
and he made my grandma buy my sister and he gave my sister and my cousin a pack of Disney underpants. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was always about spoiling me, the, the boy. Um, and maybe that's just the cut, you know, of course I'm not mad at it. Uh, you might be, and I can see why. I don't even think I was comfortable. I think I remember like like going in Christmas, going around in circle, opening gifts, and like the girls were done, and I had like ten more presents, and being like, eh. and I apparently I just gave up because it was like so overwhelming. But that was my great grandfather. He loved me. He used to bring me to the veterans hospital. So as a little 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 boy, I would go and hang out with all these like World War II vets. Um. And I don't have any memories of the conversations we had, but apparently I loved it. So, so I, I had my great grandpa Molinaro um, in my life, and I had my great grandma Louise in my life, which was on my, you know, you know, different sides of the family. So I, I've actually had three, four of the eight great grandparents alive. At some point in my life. So, you know, that's that might be rare. But I've really enjoyed learning. Um, I'm just I feel so fortunate to even have I have three grandparents right now. Uh, and. I'm so glad that I was able to come to the point of uh maturity or appreciation for my family um and and the history and be able to bounce off and hear stories my my grandparents are still really with it uh one of my grandmothers ha- is kind of deep into alzheimers and the conversation isn't there um but her husband's still alive very sharp uh alfonso and uh my other grandmother elaine is uh she's turning 90 next month and uh, still really sharp, but um, but there is no buts. She was just. Is there anyone better than grandmas? Like grand? Oh my god. My favorite, my favorite past lives that I've ever lived were the ones that I was a grandma. No doubt, no doubt in my mind. Being a grandmother has been the best thing I've ever, I've ever been. Shout out to Tobiso. That, that's I kind of stole that 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 joke from him, but he's a real he's a real real G, and uh, I couldn't agree more because uh, I've kind of tongue in cheek made fun of little of past lives things because no one knows, you know. Um, I can go down these mental journeys. My imag- imagination is so potent that if, you can have these past life experiences. Sometimes. It, it's nice to think after, like what happens after death that it goes on. And there's evidence to support that. Not necessarily evidence of, of a pearly gated heaven uh, dance party in the clouds, but there is certainly evidence that things die, get eat, eaten, the energy is not lost nor gained, it's not destroyed. Um, second law of physics, Newton. Energy is neither lost or destroyed. It's nearly, it's dispersed. So the energy can be dispersed and then uh, help other things experience life. But in terms of like direct, like my soul leaves and be, and goes to the next phase and then maybe comes back to do whatever we're doing here. Work, um, enjoy, heal grow, experience, be. Um, It's hard for me to grasp like reincarnation as a specific thing, but there certainly seems to be evidence that appeals to my logical mind that the energy uh, will be dispersed and maybe can be experienced uh, as consciousness in another way. I forget where I was going with that, but that's 
I didn't I didn't know I was going to be talking about post post life. There's there's tons to unpack there, which maybe I'll formulate and, and get back into in a on another time. As always, I'm like I would love to encourage more uh, comments, more participation, um, thoughts on any of this. Participate. If you do comment on TikTok uh, content, um, there's a chance I'll include you in the show. I, uh, later later this episode, I'll be going through another video, um, going through the comments, and it'll be a first read of the comments. Um, no preparation. And uh, we'll see where that goes. I got, I, I've, I've come to realize that I have been, am, I just seem to be a likely candidate for getting scammed, which is really tough. It's tough to come to that term, those terms. But I seem to be like I can get hooked. People know how to like hook me in. Like I was on Craigslist, and I'm kind of always looking for a like a camper van. Like it's been kind of a goal. I've bought a van in the past. Um, it ended up needing way more work than I was willing to put in. Uh, it was an Astro van, and. Uh, I ended up flipping it and making a profit. So I didn't end up creating a camper out of it. So I'm, I'm constantly kind of looking for camper vans, checking out the Craigslist and seeing what's, what's popping. And one came up, it was like a road trek. Um, it was a really cool one, beautiful pictures. And the price was low. It was like, it had 65,000 miles on it low. And I think that the price was a thousand dollars. So I was hooked, right? Email. Hey, I'd like this. She said, great. Um, I just went through a divorce. I, I didn't even ask her how she got it, but she's like, I just went through a divorce and um, I'm looking to get rid of it. I'll send you, I'm, th- I'm, I'm selling this through the eBay buyer, buyer protection program. So they'll reach out to you, um, collect payment. You'll receive the vehicle delivered and you'll get to try it for seven days before uh, the money's processed through. I'm like, wow, great. This seems very professional. Um, no red flags are going off. So I get the email. It asks me for a bit of information, my address. Um, and then it said call to make the payment. So I call to make the payment. And I was a little off put by the guy. And... uh he said that I had to pay through gift card, Best Buy or eBay gift card. And I said, okay. And um, and he's like, make sure you do it in 24 hours. And then I was like, okay, why the urgency when some, some sense of urgency building that is a good sales tactic is a, is a decent persuasion tactic, but it's also kind of triggering for me. So that plus paying through gift card, I'm like, all right, I'm going to look this up. So I look up eBay buyer protection program because the the document they sent me looked really official. Um, And eBay, that's an actual thing. So I go to eBay's site and it says things to be aware of. If you're not buying through eBay, if you're buying through Craigslist, it might be a scam. If the price looks too good to be true, it might be a scam. If the person mentions that they're going through a divorce or some sort of legal thing, it might be a scam. So literally all of these, I, all of the the scams were, were listed off. All the red flags were listed off. And I'm like, damn it. I just feel silly after that. I just, I feel I'm open and I'm open to things working out. And I'm open to like the universe providing and and manifestation and being, because like I have been blessed with things, but it also lends me to take risks that, uh, that basically can, so no harm, no foul. Right. But I was mad. I was so mad that I wrote 
a, like a bad email back to the person who wasn't probably who she said she was. It was probably some dude trying to get a thousand dollar gift card to eBay or Best Buy. And this is shame, shameful to admit, very shameful to admit, but it's true. So I'll admit it anyway. But I, I sent an email, eat shit and die. Period. That doesn't do anything. What? I had a little bit of a little bit of joy thinking that they'd read it and feel it, feel the pain. But I regretted. I regretted doing that. And uh, you know, I've made investments in the past that haven't worked out. Over believing in people. And what the overarching lesson seems to be is. Whenever I want to give my power away, whenever I want to rely on someone else to do it and to just collect the rewards of it, I'm basically reminded like, hey, you like this is your journey. Stop trying to give away your power. Stop trying to give away your money, your energy um, without work and, and expect to be rewarded. Like the it seems to have been like a learning, like an education tuition cost of like, man, like step into your own shoes, fulfill your own, like fulfill your own dreams. Stop off putting, offloading your responsibility and in hopes of getting rewarded. Like the saddest part about investing into someone that doesn't work out is if I would have put the money into a project that I had control over and I failed and lost the money, that's one thing. But for to put the money into someone else and have them fail, it's just like a double whammy. It feels so much worse. Because it's like, it's losing, it, it can contribute to losing trust in others and disappointment in, in myself for letting myself be misled. And almost as like a karmic feedback for sending that shitty email, like eat, eat shit and die. I almost fell for another scam. So quick. I got an inbox. Um, so my TikTok account is, is growing. It's growing every day. Uh, I think we're at 120,000 followers, over a million likes, um, millions of views, whatever. And so I got an inbox on Instagram. Hey, you may qualify for a verification check mark on your TikTok. Fill out this form and we'll get you your check, your check mark. And I almost, I so close to felt, I think my internet cut out and I wasn't able to fill out the, the form. And so I, I, I'm like, wait, why am I outsourcing this? Why don't I just try to get the check mark myself? I'm sure it's not that hard. I can just reach out to TikTok. Well, it turns out TikTok doesn't do a verification process. You can't submit a request. You, it, they just, they give it to you when you get to a certain, um, level of popularity. So I almost gave out like my email, my login information and basically like uh put at risk this following that you know I've built in in a way yeah by putting myself out there and by uh creating content that people jive with like so what that so what that made me do was I backed up all of my videos um which was which I've been meaning to do anyway because people ask me to that that series things I wish I knew before I was 30 they want me to compile them in a neat fashion so they can just watch them kind of one after another. So I'm going to compile them somehow into like five parts each and put those videos, I think, on my OnlyFans and Patreon. And yes, I started an OnlyFans. Yes, I started a Patreon and OnlyFans. And the links will be below in this episode. And if you do contribute, I uh, would be, you know, I'd be thankful. And what I'm going to do on the OnlyFans is uh, I'm going to do some movement stuff. I'm going to do the breathing exercises that I use, um, you know, to get through treatment, cancer treatment, to regulate my mood, 
day to day, some of the mantras and some stuff will overlap. Like I, and I give out tons of content for free, um, because I, I enjoy it. But, uh, my point is, is that I'll make it more valuable so that it's actually, there's something you're getting with a subscription to OnlyFans. And I don't know how naked I'll get. If that's what the people want, like, I'm not anti-nudity. It's just, I feel like I have other, like, other things to offer than, than a penis. Maybe that's not true. Which brings us into the next topic quite well. As we all know, if we if you've watched an episode before this, retaining your semen is something I've been talking about. And I still love it. I'm not trying to put it down. I I've gotten energy, I've gotten energized. Not because of it, there's no science that, but in correlation with retaining my semen and also believing that I'm I'm like keeping my chi. Um and I've been more interested in my girlfriend for a more sustained amount of time. Um, and it's been empowering to know that I can like control, modulate whether or not I'm, I'm giving my chi away, giving my semen away. But let's talk about blue balls because it's real. Hey, this just in, Hey, guess this just in, Blue balls is real. And it'll affect your whole day. Or at least several hours of the day. Now, I dug into the book a little bit of some books about this. And what they say is that if you're not psych, like this is Eastern philosophy stuff. Um, if you're not cycling your chi, then it basically builds up in your balls and, uh, you know, causes blue balls. So now during the sexual experience, when I'm holding, you know, holding the dam strong, I have to now, what am I doing? It's more of a feeling, but I'm, you're supposed to send that energy. I think I pull up on my perineum a little bit. And I think about sending that energy up through my mind and cycling it back. It's called the microcosmic orbit, which you can look up. But basically, it's it's pathways of chi throughout the body. And um, and you're supposed to cycle this through. You're supposed to cycle the chi through. Um, and that has seemed to help. What I, what I think is a little bit more practical is... Don't I don't have to do sex for the longest ever. You know, it feels it feels really good, so I want to keep going. But if I'm constantly taking myself to the edge and then like clenching, um there's this chance for blue balls. And then also I've I've just kind of decided that I'm probably just gonna come once every couple weeks. I think I'm gonna fall into that rhythm of like yeah, once every couple of weeks. And to get super personal and to reinforce like the retention thing, like <laughs> look, you work with what you got, but when you're happy with what you got, um, as compared to other like when I was when I was and being 30 now, when I'm coming too much, my dick just isn't as hard. It's not as vibrant. But retaining I, f I have those really hard boners and uh, that's great. And I really, really like that actually, because it, it opens up a lot of, you know, play and, and positionality um, exploration uh, during the sexual experience. But the blue balls are real. And uh, I haven't figured it out, um, but my strategy is to picture moving my chi with a little bit of perineum work, um, sending it up and then sending it back down into my belly, 
pretty much. Your belly can store the energy. It's your uh, fuel tank. And then from there, it can be cycled through the body as needed. And apparently, you can learn how to do this. So when I'm building up all that blood or all that energy, all that chi um, in in our balls, then I just have to, I'm, I'm thinking about cycling it through. And I'm also letting myself uh, come a couple times a month, literally, like one or two, two times a month, every other week or so. So that needed to be said. And good luck. If you have any uh, blue balls experience, I feel for you. I never had blue balls as a kid. Maybe I just never let myself get there. Um, but even when I'd be teased or whatever, it just never, maybe not never, but I just, I haven't, I can't recall feeling blue balls as intensely as uh, now that I'm practicing this retention thing. And um, so blue balls we talked about. I wanted to talk a little bit about. Someone mentioned like how it's harder to retain. Why am I saying this? It could be false. It could just be because it stuck with me. They said if you're circumcised, you have. um, It's harder. It's more difficult. Maybe you're more sensitive. Maybe that extra skin's a nice little padding to uh, keep the sensitivity down. And what's up with Sandra Bullock saying she uh, use she uses a product that uses foreskin, Korean baby, Korean specifically babies' foreskin? Is there a market for circumcis- circumcision skin? Is that real? And I'm not looking to support that, but I am interested in the, uh, you know, in the, in the, no, that's, if that's really a market, because it doesn't make sense. Where does it come from? Judaism? Why? Why? It's cleaner. No. We live in a world, okay, maybe we live in a world where running water isn't, if you're in America, it's not too far away. Maybe like like for my parents to decide to circumcise me, they they've had running water their whole life. We've had the ability to bathe our our, our whole lives. Fortunate like that. So why? Tradition for why? I just I seriously don't get it. Is it that much cleaner? Was it that much harder? Uh, having foreskin, which evolved over the millions of years with the male anatomy, to clean it out. What's what's the history behind that? And that is his story, the his his story of circumcision. And uh, I would definitely like to be illuminated on that. And uh, if you can hear, there's a bit of resentment in my voice. I don't, I don't love the fact that I'm circumcised. Maybe it, no, maybe it helped me when I was younger. I never really had to show my dick in, in, in locker rooms. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have been called out. Maybe one or two women that I was with when I was super young would like say some bullshit because it's just un out of the norm, but that would have been fine. I think I would have made it through. And I'm making it through even with a circumcised uh, lifestyle. But I don't understand. And if there is a market for it, it seems... uh, There's a lot of... Dave Chappelle had a... He was on SNL this past week. And I loved something he said so much. And he talked about that feeling, the feeling of 
um, being unheard, unseen, uncared for. Um, and the results, the resulting violence or the, the person that makes a person who feels unheard or unseen. And you can think about it at worst, like a mass shooter, right? Violence tends to be, um, desperate call for being heard or being seen, or it's an act of desperation. But what he said was so powerful and it was, he doesn't allow himself or he just doesn't hate that person. Even the person who commits those egregious acts, what his, the true enemy is, is the feeling that leads a person to being outraged. And, and what I, when I think about this less extreme than like a school shooter, which has clearly gone too far, but it's like the path to hell is paved with good intentions. There are so many things to get upset about. I, I think of like QAnon right now and how there are children who are suffering in the world. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that there's children being taken advantage of and they're suffering. And how certain members, when they, how certain people feel when they find out this information is a bit helpless. Like, what can I do from here right now? Uh, or even in my day-to-day life or even in the, what's the plan? I can, it seems bleak. It's, it's very difficult to overcome. So it can result in that feeling of rightness. There's, we know what's right. Ch- children to be happy and free and not be taken advantage of. Everyone's on board. Majority, everyone's on board with that. I'm going to say, I trust that everyone in their heart is on board with that. Children being happy and free. Now, the people that don't listen to their heart or have blocked it off or have hardened through trauma or through whatever and do take advantage of kids, it's so easy to hate for that, hate them. And I can see that too. I can definitely empathize with that. But my, but what Dave said about hating the feeling of being taken advantage of the feeling that leads you to to do something so terrible that's the true enemy and it leaves room for people it leaves room for forgiveness it leaves room for empathy and that's what i loved so much about what he said and it was so refreshing for me to hear because i've built up these resentments now being being 30 and allowing myself to get taken advantage of and sending terrible emails to people. Um, you know, and I've lost my way on this, but it was a good reorientation. Just, I'm not to allow forgiveness for the person and allow room for them to grow and to really, if I was to pick an enemy, if I, if I needed to pick a blame and a place to put it, it's the feeling that we can all, we can all empathize with if we look hard enough. It was, it was very beautiful and very important for me to hear very well-timed. And so I don't, the resentment, uh, for why we circumcise kids, um, not mad at my parents at it. I'm very healthy. I'm, I'm relatively happy. Um, and it's been it's been great. It's been a fine life, and hasn't hindered me that much, or at all. Um, but maybe like the feeling of conformity—they did it to conform, or they did it because they genuinely thought it was the healthy, cleanly thing to do, um, or they did it out of tradition because that's what was passed on to them. Um, so I can kind of direct that resentment towards a more abstract idea and therefore it frees up the relationship with the person. So the person's relationship and I doesn't have to be affected as much because, um, any of that resentment is put in kind of the overarching idea, the ether, which, um, which changes over time slowly and surely with patience and persistence, but dang, it's hard. And uh, I feel for the people that 
get overwhelmed with the amount of suffering that can be seen in this world and need to shout it out at the to- at the rooftops or post about it at length um because it's the only way they know how to process it and i and i'm and i more than ever i'm not mad at those people i'm more accepting of the people and i'm allowed to i don't even have to block them i don't have to um push them out of my life in any way Although at some points in my life that was maybe necessary or it will be necessary in the future, but I'm, I'm less inclined to do so because any resentment that I do feel is, is, is put more towards the abstract. Satan. Lucifer, the light bringer. Um, the light bringer is a prince of darkness. And uh, that energy that is, you can find it if you look for it. And maybe you don't even have to look for it. I mean, the shadow just is. In the world we've been given, the shadow just is. And I'm, I'm, uh, this is an effort to not resist so that it persists but to accept so that it's validated so that the darkness can be validated through light. Things have been seeming worth it lately. I'm kind of on a high this morning. I was like, man, I feel really, really good. And like saying it out loud, I'm like, well, when it's like when you, when you acknowledge it, you're no longer being it. And this was a frustration I I had a lot of times it's like I'd be on a hike and uh, with someone and they'd be like, look how beautiful that is. And like I just had the idea, I'm like, as soon as you're speaking how beautiful it is, you're no longer feeling the beauty. You're no longer connected with the beauty. You're connected with your the mind's idea of it or you're grasping at it uh, through words. And of course, that can be like I'm talking right now, but how I orientate that is I enjoy this. And uh, that's what I hope to convey is a certain level of enjoyment. Um, And education almost has to be secondary or even tertiary or whatever the four eerie, quattrieri, quattrieri, quarterly, quarterly. So what else did I write down? Balls in the mouth is too vulnerable. And uh, the pleasure pouch of the male fupa. Do we get into this today? Maybe a little. Maybe a touch. Yeah, balls in the mouth, it's very vulnerable. Maybe a dab. Or a gentle uh, hand massage. And uh, the male fupa, don't be ashamed. If you got a little belly, maybe learn how to use it to uh, engage with the clitoris. Um, Hot take. (laughs) And then I just wrote ass stuff. So prostate, orgasms, anal beads, I don't know. I'm not going to... I'm not going to speculate. Let's get into some TikTok comments. This kind of has been a helter skelter one. So if you if you're sticking with me, very much appreciate it. And uh, ooh, this one looks pretty good. So this is from a video. Things I wish I knew before I was 30, part 21. And uh, ooh, okay. This one is I, I did this after the election. No one is coming to save you is the tagline, and then I go to describe it. Of course, it's up on uh, TikTok, so please uh, come and find it. Let's get into some com- let's get into some comments here and reply to them. And again, I'm reading these a lot of these the first time. I didn't go through them yet, but here we go. Stephen Hanks says, "I've never had a safety net and learned early I had to earn everything." 
It's scary at first when you fully understand that success was my only option. That kind of reminds me of what I was talking about earlier, giving my power away. Um, yeah, I guess that correlates really well with this, with this talk. I, I used to think people were like, man, if it's very recent, I'm finding a sense of sovereignty, probably as old as this podcast, which is not very old, three months or whatever, less. And yeah, just waiting, giving my power away. I remember like the feeling of being younger and like shooting basketballs in a gym and shooting, wanting to shoot well so that if someone saw me, they would ask me to be on their, you know, they would ask me to be in the NBA. Nayeli Desare. It's very hard to pronounce, but her comment, their comment is like Kali Uchis said, Uchis, U-C-H-I-S, never heard of them. So if you need a hero, just look in the mirror. No one's going to save you now. So you better save yourself. Yep. That's what I'm saying. And I love when people reiterate the perspective from a different way, because all of these are our truths, nothing, it, all of these videos would be mostly is going to be remembering or like reminders. Wisdom is like that. Wisdom's like, oh yeah. It's, it's less like mind blowing stuff. Goldenica says my greatest is, f- my greatest is fear is loneliness. I've been on my own for so long, waiting for a guiding hand, only to realizing I am my only light. Yeah. I really dove into loneliness and the difference between loneliness and being alone. When I went traveling to South America, not having known Spanish when I went down there, thinking I was going to get by with with my English, um, only to go to a, a city that was almost all, all Spanish speaking and contrasting and learning to understand the difference between loneliness and being alone. Um, being alone, it doesn't have to carry a negative connotation, but loneliness certainly feels, feels that. Just Max BT said, no one is coming. Nobody is coming. Probably not. Probably not, Max. Jax22550 said, You're like the older brother I've never had. Thank you for your advice. Uncle, I prefer uncle. I go by Uncle Nico. Uh, but you're welcome, nephew. Uh, that's 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 the idea, is to be the older brother you never had. Dragonfly Speak said, where did you get that badass beaded lanyard? And I'll tell you, I have a friend um, who's in the Lakota tribe. His name's Ryan Badheart Bull. I'm going to send this to him because um, I'm shouting out him out. He made this, be- he makes beautiful beadwork. And uh, he posted some of this beadwork um, asking if anyone wanted it. And I, and I claimed it. And I threw him some money for the, for the shipping and, and it came through and it is, um, it's so beautiful. I, I might've been wearing it in a previous episode of the podcast. Yeah, I think I was. So thank you, Ryan Badheart Bull, um, of South Dakota, Lakota tradition. Old laundry man says I'm 32 and I knew, I knew no one was ever going to be there for me. I was buying all my own food since 14, working 32 dollars, 32 hours a week at McDonald's. My mom took my money. Thank you for sharing that. Yeesh. Um, man, you've been through it. People that have been through it, there's just the wisdom. I just hope they get to have the opportunity to explore wisdom if they're not just stuck on the um Pavlovian is a Pavlovian hierarchy of needs. They're just not stuck in survival mode. 
I like to think that in in America today, like even the most lowly of us will have some reprieve. Um, every dog does have its day. Um, but man, I can't relate to that. That's, that's rugged. Working f- since you're 14, 32 hours a week. Elizabeth Ken one says this concept stems from a living in the bubble our parents created for us. The moment we step into the real world, that bubble pops. That might be true. That might be true. It could have been like the dependency um, uh, on my parents and have, you know, being so fortunate and having parents uh, that have provided for me uh, all through growing up it was maybe difficult to step out into that sovereignty. It was almost like a crutch. People talk about this all like uh, all the time, you know, privilege can be a hindrance and it's, it could not harder or easier. I think it's also a head start. It's quite an advantage. Um, but the challenge is then um, finding your sovereignty, even though uh, dependency has been available. Like the the previous comment, he has kind of thrown onto the world at 14. He didn't have the luxury of deciding when to become sovereign or not. It was necessity. It was survival. And that might make, that might make you better off um, if you could make it through. And Angel... Angel Voa 14 said, damn, that was good. I've been starting to think like this and I have the ultimate say in what I feel and how I react and what choices I make. It's helping. Yeah. Claim uh, your responsibility and power. Um, that seems to be the theme of this, this episode. The big moist, the big moist said, for real, I learned this lesson. When I was 19, changed my life forever. Blessed, blessed to learn it so young and to have the opportunity to grow from there. Bob, the man for you said, here's some, something new. Then groups are way more powerful than anyone. Good counterpoint, good perspective. And I'm not saying don't be a part of a group at all. Community is necessary for, for humans. That's how we've evolved and stayed alive and grown um, is through community. You best participate, you best serve a community when you have sovereignty, when you have your own personal agency. Any relationship that you're going to engage in is improved when you aren't codependent, when you have your own personal sovereignty, the other person has has agency, and you guys can come together to collaborate um, you know, without that need or without that desperation. But very true. We are pack animals. We we belong in community. We need it. There's no doubt about that. Sex Sextasy Chrome says, Why do you always look sad? Um I'm not sure. I'm not always sad. I am sad sometimes. And I don't shoot the videos only when I'm sad. I did notice that I'm not necessarily funny. I can't always be funny, even though I love comedy and I love comedians. And I try still, but um, a seriousness seems to be more effective or a calmness seems to be more effective um, in conveying messages or, or in speaking with clarity. And um, it's possible you're projecting, but yeah, maybe I, maybe that's just my face, a resting sad face. I don't think so. Maybe it's something I'll consider. How about that? I'll bring a little pep when I, when it's possible, when it's authentic. Thanks for that. Okay, quote Marianne Williamson on that last line, though. Madonna baby said that. 
Uh, don't know who Marianne Williamson is, but yeah, like, like I said, this wisdom stuff, um, I'm not making new ideas out here. If anything, I'm taking ideas, taking lessons and compiling them in a fashion that might be new, but I'm not saying any new words out here. And if I am, it's very rare. This one hits the hardest series so far. Thank you. Aikito. I-K-I-T-T-O said that. And um, cool. I'm glad this one resonated. This is number 21. So uh, make this shareable. Much respect. Quesarita says, I legit have been trying to cope while learning this the past two years after being raised to think the opposite. And it's been the hardest thing. Um, this is a tricky, what's on my mind is kind of tricky. There are parents, I imagine, that enjoy a certain level of control in their child's life. And I would even say that of my own father in some respects, not any longer, but you as a parent, you sacrifice everything and you raise a baby that can't do anything for itself. So you do know what's best or you try, you know, to keep the baby alive and that's the best and relinquishing that power over time seems to be like the work of a parent. And when do you give, you know, your child their sovereignty? Is it 13? Like when they become a man, they become a man. Like there are some people that'll keep, try to keep you small in order to keep you consistent or keep a certain amount of power over you and being able to recognize that and then break free, move past, put up a boundary is is completely necessary. There's a quote that I kind of like. It's every man must kill their father. And it's not literal, <laughs> but the idea is eventually you have to step into your own shoes. You have to step into your own life. And, um, and that might mean doing something your father, and it'll most likely mean doing something your father doesn't agree with because he can't possibly live the same life that you have. So to claim that your own sovereignty, to be your own man, you you have to kill your father, metaphorically. Blusk-a-dude, Blusk-a-dude, says, Disney in high school told us if we work hard and wish upon a star and, (coughs) cough, go to college. Um... Yeah, is there a narrative out there to being saved? A little bit, yeah. I mean, princesses kind of do get, did get saved, particularly in the earlier Disneys. It's kind of changed now. Um, yeah, hero. I think most men watch like hero movies and kind of try to be the hero. No, I think this is just a people thing. Yeah, I don't know. There could be like lots of propaganda or, or stories that encourage um, you to think that someone will save you. And look, again, not knowing what's beyond this life, I tend to be optimistic on the largest possible scale. On the macro, I'm optimistic. So maybe we all are saved through death. It's at least a possibility. I certainly don't know, but um, this life can be tough. It can be suffering, but and perhaps death is the gateway to salvation. Um, so maybe we're all end up being saved is what I'm trying to say. That's at least a possibility. I'm not banking on it in my day to day because that's on the macro, on the micro day to day. Uh, it's going to be up to me to um, navigate my ship 
in the river of life. Veronica Care Yes with two A's in care. Nathaniel Brandon, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. That's a recommendation. Vervian Witch One says, okay, where are you filming this? Heaven? Because take me, please. It's Wisconsin. Also known as the heaven of the of America. By no one. Maybe we'll do a couple more. There's tons. There's there's almost 400 comments on this one. So Lolita Maru Maruris. Lolita Maru is Maru Maruris. She quotes a certain line that she said, "Taking responsibility for your life is the most important thing you can do." That's a quote from the video. I felt this deeply. Cool. Good. Heck yes. Gracias. Killer Pandas says, are you Spider-Man? Dude, I'm literally wearing a Spider-Man shirt. It's like my favorite shirt. I think it's the only shirt I wore twice on this podcast so far. And I don't want to repeat clothes. For you guys, I want to, I want to change it up, but in a, in a, in a gross uh, stance for authenticity. I chose to wear the same of uh, us, you know, a similar shirt. Just so you know, you know, real me. Um, yes, I am Spider Man. He is my number one hero and my favorite. All right, let's do three more. Exile Celt ninety five. It's not just the most important thing you can do; it's the most liberating. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's the most important in my eyes. Freedom is kind of freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Oh, nothing. You ain't nothing if you ain't free. Um, yeah. Freedom is like my uh, North Star. A sense of uh, freedom. And any virtue can be, you know, that can be an enslaving thought. Because we know that if you take any virtue to its utmost, it's faulty and becomes its opposite. But yes, yeah, you're on to it. All right, two more. A lot of lanyard love out there. So thanks, Ryan, Bad, Bad Heart Bull. Nancy Pants says, seven. Nancy Pants says, Disney lied to so many generations. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a Disney family. We love it. I think I went to Disney like th- there's still efforts to go to Disney World at 30. And now I appreciate it again. I remember when going like when I was 15 and 16 and resenting it. Ugh, what a shithead I I could have been back then. But it's uh they're just they're storytellers. Um, there is there an insidious side to Disney? I don't know. Um, are they greedy capitalists? Sure. Yeah, they've done a good job at that, at collecting lots of money and power. And uh, the influence is something to be held to a check and balance. So, yeah, check check yourself. Check uh, check Disney. Hey, do you ever think you'll upload your podcast to Spotify? Alberto Dizzy says, yes, in fact, um, I'm, I'm going to meet with a audio engineer this Thursday, this week, uh, to improve the current podcast situation, to improve the sound quality, which I've gotten some feedback on, uh, to maybe add some intro and outro music, make it just look more 
more complete. And another thing we're doing is we're separating the video from the audio, creating MP4s so that I can upload it to Apple and Spotify. Because I do know people, you know, they like to listen to podcasts in their car and YouTube isn't the easiest platform to do so. So yes, what a perfect question to end on because it's a little bit of self like promotion. Um, and I'm glad uh, that it didn't just come from me. It came from the ether world. Whew. Thank you for everyone who commented. There's so many more comments and I would love to get through them. I'm going to look through them all uh, and respond to as many as possible. Thank you for your engagement. Uh, thank you for your validation. And thank you to everyone who watches and supports this podcast. Again, um, if you'd like to support it uh, financially or energetically, that is more than welcome. I do have a Patreon account uh, and I do have, I'm starting an OnlyFans account as well. Uh, so feel free to contribute to that. Uh, I will be eternally grateful uh, for any and all contributions. This has been Nico. I love you so much. Uh, and I love myself uh, as well. And I love you so much. This has been The Good Wind. Whew. Goodbye. No. Let's do that again. This is Nico and this has been The Good Wind. Whew.